So let me start with what might seem an obvious question, maybe even a strange one to ask on Christmas Day, but what is Christmas? What is Christmas? What is Christmas Day? We've heard about angels and shepherds, we hear about wise men, we hear about prophets. It's about all of that, but also it's much more. It's a time of happiness and joy. It's a time of the accretion of memories from childhood onwards, of carols, of grandparents, of cousins, of presents, of roaring fires, of snow, there's always snow, of stories being told, of happiness of just for one day, a suspension of hostilities and the normal family quarrels. It is all of those. It is a day of joyous expectation. You may recognize all of that, but I have to tell you that I do not recognize all of that all of the time. And it may be the same for you. So let me go back to my original question. What is Christmas? I'm going to borrow from Charles Dickens here and look at it. A Christmas Carol. I'm going to look at this in terms of Christmas past, Christmas present, and Christmas future. And I'm going to tell you two stories about that. The first is a story based on the joyous Christmas that I described at the beginning. And the second is an alternative Christmas. So there are many, many who bring those memories, or some of those memories, to Christmas. But there's also more to it than that, isn't there? Because Christmas can be a time of burden and sometimes a time of unhappiness. There is something, I'll be honest, I'm both middle class and white, there is something very middle class and very white about that Christmas that I first told you about. But if you come from a family where there is sadness, you come from a broken family, if you come from a family where poverty is an issue, where there is illness, where there's been bereavement, if you think of all of those things that our Lord talks about when he reads from the role of Isaiah, those in prison, the starving, there are many for whom these memories of Christmas are actually not that positive. And there are two things about that. The first is what I'll call the Macy's feeling. You're walking along the street in the cold and the dark, and you press your nose against the shop window and see the brightness and the light inside, that there is a very thick pane of glass between you and it. So there is that sadness. But it can actually be worse than that, because there's also the burden of failure. Because the Christmas that I described to you at the beginning is the normative Christmas, is the Christmas that we see in the movies, that we read about in the books, that is the standard. And if we fail to meet that standard, well, we failed. So that, in a sense, is Christmas past. Christmas present, 
Well, let's for a moment imagine that actually all of the things that I described at the beginning happen to you each year. Nevertheless, that too is a burden because it becomes the standard. It becomes the expectation. That is what you have to meet every year. That is what you have been frantically doing for the past month as you prepare for Christmas. It becomes the expectation. If you meet it, then what happens? You have to meet it again, or perhaps even exceed it. And so what about Christmas future in that scenario? Well, for those of you who have kids of my age, or kids anymore, you may remember Elmo Saves Christmas. Every, year, every day for Elmo became Christmas, and that is what Christmas future looks like in this scenario. Because Christmas is this repetition of what went before, this meeting of these standards. Okay, so it's Christmas Day, and that's a bit gloomy, isn't it? Having led you into the slough of despond, let me try and lead you back up again. Because the alternative Christmas, which is based on Christmas past, Christmas present, and Christmas future, is the real Christmas, even if we don't always recognize it. So let me go to Christmas past and that thing about unhappy families. And let me just take you back to the Bible itself. That's always a great place to start. We've heard about the shepherds and the angels, and yes, they're all there. But let's just retell the nativity story. So first, an angel shows up and tells Mary that she's going to have a baby. Joseph finds out and is confused. Mary is betrothed to him. They are not married. The child is not his. Joseph doesn't quite know what to do with it. So he just, he doesn't advertise the fact that Mary is with child. Let's put it like that. Packs her off to see her cousin Elizabeth. So that's the beginning. Then they go to Bethlehem to, to, for the census registration. And what happens there? Well, no room at the inn. So that's not so great either, okay? I mean, if we're thinking about, you know, sort of the Holy Family's first Christmas memories, not so great, right? Okay, so there they are. They're in the, they're, you know, they're in the stable. They're in the manger. Uh, and what happens? Well, some, some shepherds show up. That's, that's nice. I think, where the heck do these shepherds come from? But that's great. An angel told them. Sort of Mary may believe it by now. Joseph, yeah, who knows? Okay, so then three kings show up. Well, that's good. Nice to see three kings. One of them bring, brings gold. Nothing wrong with gold. We can always use gold. But the other two bring things for, yes, embalming a body. That's not the best christening gift, right? I mean, sort of what memory does that set for you? Okay, and then, so, you know, the kings go off elsewhere. However, by this stage, Herod is all riled up. So in a dream, the Holy Family t get told to get to Egypt right now. Great for them, well, sort of. I mean, you know, they're refugees in Egypt and all that. But then all the kids under two in Bethlehem get slaughtered. Massacre of the Holy Innocents. Okay, so you get the picture. The first Christmas actually is not this Christmas of great memories. It's actually a Christmas which, in one sense, is pretty grim. But that brings us to Christmas present. And what is so good about Christmas present? Well, partly it doesn't carry the expectations of Christmas past. But also, and this is the key, 
Christmas present is day one in the rest of our lives. Because this is the day that God comes down to earth. And it's not the God of revelation. It's not, you know, sort of golden head, fire coming out, all the rest of the stuff. This is the most vulnerable being on the planet, a little baby in a manger. And yes, he gets presented with those embalming gifts because we know what's going to happen. But the reason why God comes down to earth, why Jesus is incarnate, is to save us from the weight of those expectations, is to release us from the past, is to release us from all that burdens us, from all that makes the present so difficult. Because there is no past which burdens us. There is only present. And therefore, Christmas future is about hope. It's not about a gilded cage. It's not about those expectations which we have to meet year after year. It is about the coming of the Lord. It is about this incarnational thing which is unimaginable. It is about, yes, the release from our sins, but also the release from the burden of expectations, from the burden of memories, bad or good, from all of that. And that is the Christmas story. This is not a day which traps us, which burdens us, which scares us, which worries us, which petrifies us for a month in front of it and then is gone. This is a day, this is an age, this is a life which begins today and moves forward from here. So if you have those happy memories, cherish them. If they are truly happy, and if you have traditions which give you joy, which give you joy, then carry them on. But otherwise, this is a fresh start. This is truly the first day of the beginning of the rest of your life. Merry Christmas. Amen.